G'day, everyone. I'm going to lead us in prayer. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you for your word spoken, your word written down, your word read, and your word proclaimed. Change us and grow us to be more like Jesus now, we pray in his mighty name. Amen. Well, do uh, have Ephesians 4 open in front of you because we'll be getting uh, uh, looking at it together and it will also be up on the screen. Uh, but have you noticed how often children are like their parents? Uh, some of it's nature and some of it's nurture. Uh, two of my sons look like my wife, Louise, which is excellent for them. Uh, one of my sons has blonde hair like I had when I was young and still lives in the fear today that he will lose his hair as I have done. But children take on the mannerisms of their parents as well. I don't have to look any further than uh, the way Louise and I are like our parents before us. Louise actually pointed this out uh, before we were married. Apparently, I stand like my father and I talk like my father. And taking her cue from this, she observed something that was a little bit exciting for her, that when she'd come over uh, and visit my parents' house, my father would be there vacuuming and ironing, and she thought to herself, if he does these other things, then maybe... Now today, we're told, by God, to have the family likeness, to imitate God, that our lives should look like our Father in heaven and our great elder brother Jesus... And so let me jump to the end of our passage uh, to read it first. Have a look at chapter 5, verse 1. Follow God's example, Paul says, Therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Now we've been given new life, as Paul's talked about in what's come before. Now we are children of God. We live in step with the family likeness by following Christ's example. Now today, as we uh, come into Ephesians 4, verse 17 at this point, we're dropping in partway through this letter. And we don't want to make the mistake of thinking, because there's all these uh, words about what we're to do, that... We get into the good books with God by what we do. Uh, nothing in this letter is saying, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Chapters 1 to 3 made that clear. We can't put ourselves in the good books with God or keep ourselves in them. But all who trust in the Lord Jesus are already now placed in them with him. This is what God's done through the Lord Jesus which we see summed up in chapter 5, verse 2. Just as importantly, what we're talking about today, even though they read as rules, whether you heard it in the Old Testament or in the New, it's not about keeping rules. It's so much better than that. It's about having a relationship. All we who trust the Lord Jesus can experience it. We are made children of God through Jesus, adopted by God to know and live with God now and forever. So Israel before us had the same experience. Uh, they didn't become God's chosen people by keeping the Ten Commandments that we heard read. 
uh, he chose them first, he rescued them first, and he made them his people first. But as his people, there was an appropriate response. Uh, They ought to reflect his character and how? Well, that's where the Ten Commandments outline in summary and the other laws did in particular. And it's all about living in relationships. And so in chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, in fact, everything in this passage today, it reflects how to respond to God's boundless love to you. How to relate to those who share your trust in Jesus in the same extraordinary way that God has related to us. So throughout chapters 4 to 6 of Ephesians and in our passage today, there's going to be a lot of practical instructions, a sort of how-to guide uh, to be like our Heavenly Father, how to live life as God's people. In fact, uh, there are lots of books written about church growth, about growing churches. Uh, They may not have come across your radar, but as someone who's involved in leading a church, they come across mine all the time. But after last week, when we heard about how important we are to each other, as Paul writes Ephesians, and the place we have to grow together as his church, I realised Ephesians is the original church growth manual and incredibly practical for you and me today. Now, if if chapter 4, verse 1 last week began with what we must do in response to God, today, 4, verse 17, we're told what we must not do. Let me read it. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. Since Jesus is Lord and we are the children of God, there's clearly a way that to live that pleases him and an alternative way that won't. What verse 17 is getting at is don't live the life of your old self. We've talked about the Gentiles before. They are everyone who wasn't a Jew. Uh, In fact, nearly everyone uh, who would have received this letter would have been Gentiles in the past. But for uh, The purposes of getting his point across, Paul draws a line, doesn't he? If you're a Christian with your trust in the Lord Jesus, you've been changed. Uh, He's saying you were Gentiles in the way he's using the language here, but now they are a group uh, out there and you don't belong to anymore. So don't live the way they do anymore. The old person, the old you, you lived a life of thoughts and actions that whitewashed God out of the picture. It's a spiritual condition, spiritual treason, where verse 17 to 19 have this awful verdict. And maybe as you heard it read, you thought it's too harsh or not true all the time. But this is God's diagnosis of everyone who doesn't trust Jesus. Even our neighbours our friends, our family. Without trusting Jesus, Paul says, their hearts are hardened to God, resistant to his rule over them, impenetrable to his goodness. It's like they're walking around in the pitch dark where if the lights were turned on, everything would look so different to the way they imagine it to be. By their own hardness of heart, they cannot see his place 
in their lives. Life for them is about what suits them, Paul writes, what feels good, what works for them. Self-indulgence, it could be sensuality, impurity, greed. It's usually the smorgasbord of them all. Now, as you hear this word uh, from God, maybe you remember, if you trust Jesus, you remember a time you didn't trust him, uh, you don't remember a time that you didn't trust him as Lord, and this seems far from your experience. Now, that's fantastic if that's the case. And my prayer is that all our children might grow up to have that experience. But regardless of which side of the fence you're on when it comes to experience, hear this word that we all need to hear the same. Because until the Lord Jesus returns, the remnant of our sinful hearts would enjoy nothing better than to go back there. Now, though, and as we hear this powerful word of God, he enables us to do something different, to follow his example, to put off the old self and put on the new. Reading from verse 20. Uh, That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitudes of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. We've been transformed for a new life through the good news about Jesus. The good news that we who were guilty and unholy can be remade, made like God himself in the family likeness, guilt-free and holy. The point is, as we've been made new people, now we should live in step with the new life we've been given. And the Apostle Paul does us a great uh, service here. He gives us a great picture, one I think that we can all relate to, a a picture of getting undressed and getting rid of our old filthy rags and instead getting dressed in the expensive, made-for-purpose clothes of our new life. Now, to help you here, I thought I might give you a leaf out of my own book. So, Josh, if you wouldn't mind passing, passing the top two there. Yes, thank you. Uh, If you were to come by and to catch me mowing out the front, uh, this is some of the fine, fine, uh, actually not fine, that's not going to help the illustration if I say that, sarcasm doesn't work. Uh, These are the grubby old clothes that I use to mow in. And actually, if you were to see me in those and later in the day I've got a funeral or a wedding, well, I'd go home, take the old clothes off, have a shower, and then... If you can help me, Josh, thank you. Uh, instead, I'd get into this schmick-looking outfit, right? And anyone at our church who's ever seen me in this, and you might be one of them, has thought to themselves, wow, I didn't know Roger could look that good. Now, in the case of that illustration, I haven't changed. It's the difference with what I'm wearing uh, that you observe. But here in Ephesians, 
Uh, what we hear is God has taken each of us who trust Jesus and transformed the grubby, sinful person within the outfit into a new, guilt-free and holy person. And so what are we meant to do? Take off the old way of life you used to live in. That's not a part of you anymore. And put on the new that matches what God's done for you. Now, how do we do that? How do we line our attitudes and lives up with the new self that God's given us? Well, we read Ephesians. And we read these verses, verse 17 to 5, verse 2. We read it and respond to it. And as we we do that, we turn back to God in repentance where we've still been wearing the old self and turn to God in the trust that relies on him to shape our new self. And verses 25 to 31 gets down to the nitty-gritty, what to put off and what to put on. Ways in which we as children can be like our Father in heaven. The first is in how we speak. The second in dealing with anger. The third in how we work. And the fourth, the way we offer forgiveness. You'll see the first there in verse 25. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbour for we are all members of one body. Just before we go on, there's an interesting thing going on here uh, where uh, it talks about your neighbour and members of the one body. So it's actually talking about how we treat each other as people who share our trust in Jesus, as the church. Uh, That's the focus. It doesn't really talk about what to do with those outside, but of course, if you treat these people this way, you're going to treat those that way, but this is the focus. It's paralleled in verse 29. Thanks, Ian. Uh, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. The old self will tell lies and tear down. The new self will tell the truth and build up. Why is it this way? It's because the old self is always looking out for looking out for themselves. (laughs) In that way of seeing life, I am number one. So if telling the truth doesn't suit my own ends, then we tell ourselves it's not the best course to follow. Lies are like that. They are an alternative to inconvenience, to our own inconvenience, in fact. And we'll say to ourselves, uh, uh, maybe why didn't I do what I said I was going to do, but how will I spare embarrassment? Or I don't want to do what I said I'd do. And we think, I'll say something came up that the friend would agree was more important even when it didn't. And many other things like it. In the same way, gossip and barbed comments and things that get a laugh but tear our brothers and sisters down, they don't have any place among us. Whether here at church or in our homes, they don't belong anywhere for that matter. Words are powerful, uh, whichever way you use them, to tear down or build up. No doubt that's because we're made in the image of God who his word is so powerful. But if we practice the humility that promotes unity, as we read about in 4 verses 1 to 3 last week, we'll choose our words carefully, truthfully, lovingly, thinking to ourselves, how can I help this person take their next step in growing more like Jesus? 
Perhaps sharing what God's been teaching you lately through his word. Or maybe how you were encouraged by their perseverance and godliness when others wanted to encourage them to do what they wanted rather than what God wanted. Perhaps you'll even risk saying a hard thing, speaking the truth in love, about an area of life that you can see where the other person still hasn't put off the old self. The possibilities are endless, but the principle is clear. The new you will speak the truth and use your words to build up. The second way we can be like our Father in heaven is in the way we deal with our anger. You can see it in verse 26 and 27. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give give the devil a foothold. It's mentioned again in verse 31. The old self will allow anger to lead to sin. The new self will be self-controlled with anger. Uh, Interestingly, anger itself doesn't seem to be ruled out. There is a place for for, uh, an appropriate anger. And we do see examples of Jesus in the New Testament driving out the moneymakers or uh, of the psalmist writing of uh, the right anger at God's enemies and the way (coughs) they treat his people. But we know the old self will take anger and turn it back on what or who has made us angry. It will believe the lies of the devil, given half a chance. We are innocent and an impartial judge. And we'll justify paying back the harm we've felt, if not pay it back with interest. We, on the other hand, as God's people, we should have short accounts. What I mean is, We need to deal with our anger as soon as possible and not allow it to linger and to build up, pile up over time. We we need to do this uh, with husbands and wives, with parents and children, with neighbours and neighbours, with church person member and church member. And men, perhaps we need to take a particular look at this area of our lives. Uh, Let me be clear. I know I have to. Uh, When things don't go the way we want them to, when we can't control our circumstances or those around us, do you find it easy to become angry, to lay the blame at the feet of others and to pay out your anger on those who are closest and perhaps dearest to you? Uh, Doesn't that point us to the problem that lies within us and our need for control Uh, more than a problem with what others are doing, where we think of ourselves as a sun in the solar system where everyone else has to orbit around us. Man or woman, be very cautious about your anger. Is it holy? Does it line up with God's anger? Even then, it should make sure it is short-lived and it's certainly not for us to serve out payback, have short accounts. The next way we can be like our Father in heaven is how we work. Verse 28, anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their hands that they may have something to share with those in need. 
You see, the old self will take what they haven't earned, the new self will work in order to share. It's the pattern you find throughout all these put-off and put-ons, isn't it? Uh, The old puts themselves first, the new puts others before themselves. And so when it comes to stealing, there's always a justification that satisfies us, whether it's playing, uh, playing loose with how much tax we pay or the way we make an insurance claim or claim benefits that we don't qualify for, or in this age of copyable music and movies, it's always taking something that isn't ours. Whatever the situation, what would the old self say? Oh, it's a stupid rule anyway. (laughs) Or they have enough. Or it won't hurt anyone. But the new self, we work not to take, but to make a contribution to others. We work to pay our own way and not live at the expense of others. And we work so we can share what we've made with others. We've covered three of the four areas of the new self that we find here that should be evident in our lives, speaking truthfully to build up, uh, exercising self-control and anger and working to share. Now we come to the fourth, forgiving as we've been forgiven. Verse 31, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to each other, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. The old self will turn conflicts into barriers between us. The new self will resolve conflicts so that the barriers are torn down. It's not that there won't be hurts or conflicts among us. What marks us as Christians isn't that we don't experience these things, but how we act when we do. There are quite a few similarities between this and the instruction about appropriate anger we looked at earlier, but it comes down to who we see at the centre of things, doesn't it? If I see myself as the focus of life, then all these characteristics of the old self, they seem justified, whether it's bitterness or rage, anger, brawling, slander, malice. But if the spotlight's taken off us, and shifted onto our heavenly Father and his Son, the Lord Jesus, and they are at the centre, that frees us up to care for what they care for. Christ's church, one another. And what is the greatest way that I can treat them, that I can treat you? It's by being kind and forgiving. So I'm reminded of the, uh, for the next hurt or conflict I face. Has someone else done the wrong thing? Then out of love, I need to go and speak to them, uh, not bottle it up inside. They may not realise what they've done, and if I don't speak to them, how can they know? Then again, and more than half the time, I may have ris- misread or misunderstood what's happened without talking. How can we ever get to the bottom of that? And if I don't feel like I can approach you then uh, on my own, then maybe what I should do is ask a trustworthy person to go with me. But it's nothing but destructive. Uh, For me to go talking to this person or that person, 
without going and speaking to the person with whom I have the problem. All that being said, when we have been hurt or wrongly treated, what a privilege to imitate God in this way. He who's been so kind and compassionate to us, forgiving us, so too we can forgive as we appreciate the extent to which we've been forgiven. We can bear the cost that comes with forgiveness as we understand the cost to Christ of our forgiveness. We know he's looking after us, so we don't need to build barriers between us to protect us from each other. We know he's providing for us so we can bear the cost that comes with forgiving others. And as with God toward us, forgiving one another, the barriers between us come crashing down and there is peace. Put off the old self and put on the new. God's already transformed you when your trust is in Jesus. Now live in the family likeness. And we may fail on occasions, we will fail, and on plenty of occasions, but we may continue as we've started in this life until the life to come, returning to God's forgiveness, continuing the way we began, trusting in the forgiveness in which we began to live the Christian life. So don't ever despair. The Spirit of God is with you. He is present among us. That's why we're called to treat each other in these ways. That's why the Spirit would be grieved if we didn't. Because remember, it's not first and foremost about rules, but about our relationship. Our relationship first with God and through Christ with one another. And when we live this way, we honour the God who not only made us, but has remade us in Christ. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you for your fabulous plan to treat us with grace and loving kindness uh, that is unbounded. We thank you for the Lord Jesus and that through him we are adopted as your children, members of your family, and now can grow up and express the family likeness through your work in us. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you would enable us to do that in the way we humbly view ourselves and treat others as more important than ourselves. Help us to live out the guilt-free life the holy life that is your gift to us in the Lord Jesus. Amen.